Welcome to News Kids. I'm Rose. And I'm Zara. And together we're presenting this weekly podcast about what's going on in our world today. Each week we cover top stories across world news, politics, science, technology, entertainment and arts. This week we're talking about the sad news from Sri Lanka, what Greta Thunberg and David Attenborough are saying about climate change, Earth Day, internet security and why passwords are important, Queen Elizabeth's birthday, the earthquake in the Philippines, forest fires in Norway, robots that can tidy your bedroom and the discovery of a giant lion fossil. Lots of stories again this week. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, this is Zara. This week was one of the saddest weeks ever with some terrible news. On Sunday the 21st of April, there were several explosions at churches and hotels in Sri Lanka. The Shangri-La Cinnamon Grand and Kingsbury Hotels were hit in Sri Lanka's capital city, Colombo. Churches in Colombo, Nigombo and Batikalo were attacked in the middle of the Easter service. The bombers killed at least 359 people and injured more than 500 people. Most of the victims were Sri Lankans and 38 of those that died were foreigners from all over the world visiting Sri Lanka. The Sri Lankan Air Force also found an explosive device in Colombo's main airport but they were able to remove it before anyone got hurt. On Sunday afternoon, the Sri Lankan authorities imposed a curfew. This means that people were told to stay inside their homes and safe areas until the state of emergency that Sri Lanka was in was over. Social media sites were also blocked to try to stop fake news being spread. On Monday the 22nd of April, there was another blast near a church in the capital. Police were attempting to defuse explosives in a vehicle used by the attackers when it blew up. The Sri Lankan police have arrested about 60 people now thought to be connected in the attacks. They think that a terror group called the National Thawahid Jamath, the NTJ, carried out these attacks. The NTJ has not said that it carried out the attacks. On Tuesday, the terror group IS said that it had carried out the attacks, although we do not yet know whether it actually did carry out the attacks, as members of the group sometimes claim they have carried out attacks that they have not. However, their statement is being taken seriously because of how many explosions there were. The Sri Lankan Prime Minister called upon all Sri Lankans during this tragic time to remain united and strong. World leaders from many countries have spoken about the attacks. Everyone is trying to help those that have been injured and lots of people have gathered at hospitals to donate blood to those that have been injured. 
How did you feel learning about the attacks? I felt devastated. Rose, how do you feel about the Sri Lanka bombing? Well, it's not just the Sri Lanka bombing that makes me feel upset. It's also the recent, like maybe one month ago, New Zealand shootings that make me feel devastated. When you hear about sad news stories like this one, do you have any worries? Not all the time. Sometimes I have a worry like, if people got killed and the guy that did it was still running and he didn't get put in prison, there's a chance he might do it again or something. My worries would be if a guy could come to my house and do it or anywhere where I am. Do you discuss these worries with anyone in your family? I discuss these worries with my mum because I can always tell my mum everything and she's always the one who's always with me. Do you ever talk with your friends at school about sad news? I don't talk to my friends at school about sad news. I don't want to make them sad about the sad news. Well, that's pretty much what I do. I just don't want to worry my friends, so I just keep it a secret until I know they know about it, so that they're not really scared and worried. I really wish there weren't any sad news stories ever. Hi, it's Rose here. Lots of people have been talking about climate change this week. A very famous environmentalist and TV presenter in England called David Attenborough released a TV documentary last week called Climate Change, The Facts, in which he called global warming our greatest threat in a thousand years and said that if we have not taken dramatic action within the next decade, we could face irreversible damage to the natural world and collapse of our societies. This is very worrying. I've been watching David Attenborough's other programme called Our Planet on Netflix and it shows how rainforests are decreasing rapidly each year, meaning wild animals are losing their homes and how ice is melting at the north and south poles which is causing sea levels to rise and also how coral reefs are dying because the sea is warmer than it used to be. It is worrying to think what state the planet will be in by the time I am grown up. I really hope people start making changes soon. Greta Thunberg has talked about this a lot recently. You may remember from our podcast a few weeks ago, Greta Thunberg is a 16-year-old Swedish schoolgirl who has become famous for encouraging people to act against climate change. And last month, she was nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. Over the past few days, she has met with politicians and leaders across Europe and asked them urgently to tackle climate change. Greta is very concerned that politicians are not listening to the information that scientists around the world are discovering, which shows that climate change is having a terrible impact on our planet. When she went to the Houses of Parliament last week, Greta told MPs off for ignoring the problem of climate change and said just because we don't know how to solve it, that doesn't mean we should just do nothing. Greta Thunberg also said, sometimes we just simply have to find a way. The moment we decide to fulfil something, we can do anything. And I'm sure that the moment we stop behaving as if we were in an emergency, we can avoid climate 
an ecological catastrophe. Humans are very adaptable. We can still fix this, but the opportunity to do so will not last for long. We must start today. We have no more excuses. Greta is not the only one to be protesting about the world's lack of response to climate change. Last week, an international protest group called Extinction Rebellion held a series of protests in London to raise awareness of what they called a climate emergency. It was also Earth Day this week, so it's a good time to be talking about and celebrating our wonderful planet and how we can protect it. Earth Day was first established in 1970, and the Earth Day Networks works all around the year to solve climate. Climate change, end plastic pollution, and protect endangered species. In my class, we talked about how we can save the planet. My idea was that we should stop cutting down trees and start planting new ones. How did you celebrate Earth Day at your school? Here's Dea talking about the forest fires in Norway. Today, I'm going to tell you about the wildfires in Norway. Hundreds of people have had to leave their homes as the emergency services try to put out the ferocious forest fires raging in the south of the country. In the small town of Sokendal, as many as 148 homes have been evacuated since Tuesday. These fires are still out of control, and the heavy wind could help them spread. April is very early for forest fires in Norway. And in the month alone, wildfires have broken out in Sweden, Germany, even in the UK. Normally, at this time of year, there are not as many fires, and officials have said that a very dry winter in most of Europe and ongoing drought has contributed to the rise in forest fires, and the long-term forecast is not promising for an improvement. Police in southwest Norway are still not sure. How the fire started. These fires have burned some 7.5 square kilometers of land near Sokendal. The wind has also been a challenge because if it gets stronger, it will spread the fire to other areas. Luckily, there has been no reports for casualties, but the police are warning people to avoid the area. Thank you for listening. Here's James talking about an earthquake that happened in the Philippines this week. The Philippines was struck by a series of earthquakes this week. The most powerful one happened on Tuesday afternoon, local time, a day after a deadly tremor hit the north of the country. According to the U.S. Geological Survey, the quake measured 6.3 on the Richter scale and caused a lot of destruction. 29 buildings were damaged. And it was reported that at least 16 people died, and many more were injured. Over 3,000 families were affected by the quake. The Philippines is the 13th most populated country in the world, and it sits at a place where there are many tectonic places meet. The area is known as the Pacific Ring of Fire, and there is a high risk of earthquakes. A lot of people panicked after the quake. And there was a fear that a tsunami would follow, but thankfully, no tsunami warning was issued. This is James for News Kids. Hello, this is Zara. This week, on the twenty-first of April, it was Queen Elizabeth's birthday. 
The Queen was born in 1926 and turned 93. The Queen usually spends her actual birthday with family. There was also a special 41 gun salute in Hyde Park in London, a 21 gun salute in Windsor Great Park and a 62 gun salute at the Tower of London. The Queen is very lucky indeed because she actually had two birthdays. This week was her actual birthday, but she has a second one, which is for a public celebration on the second Saturday of June. This year, it will be on the 8th of June. This second one is her official birthday and is celebrated with a big parade in London called Trooping the Colour, which is an amazing event with over 1,400 soldiers 200 horses and 400 musicians taking part. The tradition of the monarch having two birthdays was started more than 250 years ago by King George II in 1748. His birthday was actually in November, but he decided that as there is normally bad weather in the UK in November, it wouldn't be a good time to have a public celebration and decided to have an annual military parade in the summer when the weather should be nice. I would love to have two birthday celebrations. I wonder if the Queen gets two sets of presents from her family. Saber talking about robots that can tie to your bedroom. I'm so excited about this week's technology update. I'm going to tell you about the latest artificial intelligence that tackles a child most children have difficulty accomplishing, especially teenagers, and that is tying a messy bedroom. Scientists are developing robots that can clean kids' bedrooms. A Japanese robotic company claims to have created a robot that can pick up toys and pack them away, or dust sweep, organize, and clean to ship ship your kid's room back to its original best. Accomplishing these challenges, the robots have to recognize objects that have no fixed shape, such as handkerchiefs, and to pick up small fiddly things. This involves making numerous small decisions that we make unconsciously. In a basement in Tokyo, the startup demonstrated its robots to the BBC Disruptive Series. The way time machines use cameras and so-called deep learning algorithms model on the wiring of the brain to first scan the floor and identify the different items. The robot independently picks up pencils, building blocks and so on and places them in the relevant box, drawer or bin. The intelligent robots are able to understand voice commands and can see where a nearby human is pointing, so they are successfully able to clean a spot that needs help. I am still debating on whether this is a good idea. It's a difficult decision because if robots are tidying up kids' bedrooms, it will give the child and their parents a break, thereby allowing them to do more enjoyable things. But on the other hand, this could be quite damaging to the growing up phase and it could mean that kids will never learn to be independent or responsible. For all the parents out there, don't worry. The technology is still in its early stages and needs refining. And there are some concerns as to whether it will ever be possible to design a robot that can clean a typical teenager's room, which may be a challenge too far. This is Nisabo reporting for News Kids. Here's Isabella talking about internet passwords and why we need to be secure online. Did you know that millions of people 
all use the same password to protect their online accounts. And this is not good news. A recent study by the National Cyber Security Centre, or the NCSC, in the UK found that we're not very good at using good passwords that help our accounts stay safe. What kind of accounts do we mean? These could be websites for games, schoolwork, bank accounts, shopping websites and email accounts. So why does the password matter so much? When your passwords are easy to guess, it makes it possible for other people to break into your online accounts without your permission. This is called hacking. Hackers are the people who break into your account because they want to steal your personal data like your name, address, date of birth. A recent study looked at thousands of accounts that had been hacked and discovered that the password for these accounts were very simple and easy to get. What kinds of passwords did they come across? The most common password used was 123456. This was used by over 23 million people. Other common passwords using numbers were 123456789 and 11111111. Lots of people choose their first name. Others choose the name of their favourite football team. Even the word password was used. So, how do you make a password safer? The NCSC suggested thinking of three random words and joining them up. What three words could you think of? They also suggested using a phrase rather than a single word, using capitals as well as lowercases and numbers instead of letters. Picking a strong password that is difficult to guess is one of the easiest ways to protect your online accounts. Here's Isa talking about the discovery of a giant lion fossil. A new species of giant mammal has been identified in Kenya after researchers investigated bones that had previously been kept for many decades in the drawer of a Kenyan museum. The species has been called Simbakubwa Kutuk. Africa, which means Big African Lion in Swahili. It existed in East Africa 20 million years ago. The creature was part of a group of mammals which is now extinct called hyenodonts. They were called this because their teeth were like those of hyenas, but they possibly are not related to hyenas. Researchers have said that the species was larger than a lion and possibly larger than a polar bear. That's all for this week. I really hope you enjoyed our show. Let me know what you think about our news stories. Goodbye from the news kids.